Hello, and welcome to a comparison between the current generation X5 GO5 and the previous generation X5 F15. These are two very different cars that warrant a comparison between each other for those of you who may be deciding to upgrade from an F15 to a GO5, or maybe to get one of the two, but you're not sure what you want. Now, I could go through all of the things that are different about these two cars. The design, technology, equipment, engines, transmission, performance, all these things um, are certainly things we could talk about. Um, but at, from a basic level, uh, you should know that as far as those things, everything's better on the new one. Uh, this is this should go without saying. BMW is pretty good about this. I don't think there are really any downgrades from the X5, um, from from the previous generation to the new one. Uh, the new one has not regressed in any meaningful ways, and I think that's worth mentioning before we get into it. That isn't the case with every BMW released, um, so I don't want you to think I'm just like saying that to try to avoid a subject. Nothing really was lost, and everything was gained. Um, that said, these are two different cars for different people, um, and I, I sort of want to talk about more the philosophy about that and why that's important. You should absolutely do your own research um, and drive them both. I think that just driving one of them is going to lead you to an incorrect conclusion about the car that you're driving, um, so please drive them both before you make a choice. Now. The GO5 represents everything BMW has been doing recently, and in my opinion, I think it's everything they've been doing well. It's a technology-focused, forward-facing car, a car that sort of tries to push forward as opposed to trying to, to hold on to things that really never were that important anyway. The F15 X5 is a subdued car visually. It doesn't have a lot going for it, in my opinion, and I think it's just kind of a basic-looking car. It's it's really not my favorite, and I don't have much good to say about it. If you like subdued designs, this might be for you. And maybe, just maybe, uh, this is the car you've been looking for forever. Now, that said, the GO5 is the opposite of that. It's not subdued. It's aggressive. It's out there. It's got a huge kidney grill. It has insane fender flares on the M Performance versions. And it has OLED taillights with a crazy sky lounge in the roof and you can option it to be something completely unrecognizable from previous x5s and that's what this car really is unrecognizable from previous x5s this car focuses on technology and innovation in ways that the x5 never really did before the x5 came out as just sort of a a car that wasn't really looking towards the future it was looking away and it was trying to be uh, sort of just another BMW that you could buy. Hey, surprise, we released another one. And on the heels of all these other cars, namely Audis, Mercedes, uh, being trying to push towards the future, this car stayed in the past. And I think, personally, the doom and gloom person within me says that this is exactly, exactly why the X5 was redesigned early. The F15 was a pretty short life cycle, existing from uh, December 2013, or so sorry, uh, yeah, December or November 2013 to roughly November or October 2018. The X5 was a very short life cycle, and I think that's because, honestly, clients and owners were somewhat lukewarm on these cars. That doesn't mean you can't love it, and that doesn't mean you don't love yours. 
but I think a lot of people thought that the car was visually not very impressive and not especially unique. It functioned well. It was a BMW. It did everything you asked it to do. It handled well. It was quick. It was efficient in some cases. It was fast in the case of the X5M. It defied gravity in the case of the X5M. But I don't think it was ever evocative of much more. It was always a car that just was designed and felt like it was designed to fill the place in a market, whereas the new X5 GL5 doesn't feel that way. The GL5 feels like a car that embraces everything BMW has try has tr been trying to be recently, specifically in that it's technology-focused, it's innovation-focused, while also including the things we expect in a BMW. It handles amazingly. It's quick in all forms, except for maybe the lowest-end diesel models. Even then, they still are plenty quick. It's efficient, and most importantly, it makes you feel something. Visually, dynamically, it's a different car, and it's aiming to be something that the previous generation never was. Now, I want to talk about the specifics and the things that I think are the most important parts of the X5 G05 as compared to F15. For me, the engine switchover is one of the things that brings me to love the G05 so much. In my market, the X5 xDrive uh, 35i was the premier F15 that was available. That's what everybody bought, um, and it was replaced with the BMW X5 xDrive 40i. Now, the 35i was powered by a BMW N55. It is the classic inline twin-scroll turbocharged six-cylinder engine that BMW has been using for a long time. The B58 replaced it in the X5 G05, well, technically in the 340, but the B58 replaced it, and it is, for me, one of the biggest reasons to upgrade. It keeps similar power with better fuel economy, but the updates to it means it delivers that power much better. It has a better engine note while also having quite immense acceleration to 60 miles an hour. It's about five seconds, maybe less on better tires, and it really is one of the highlights of this car. The X5 is one of the few cars, at least in my opinion, in this segment. You don't need a better engine than that. It can't hurt, right? There's nothing wrong with an XDrive 45e or an M50i. But if you're just your average person, I don't think anybody will be disappointed with the acceleration on the xDrive 40i, which you could not say, in my opinion, about the F15's uh, N55. I don't know why that took me so long to think about. Um, and I think that if you're a performance-oriented person, the changes to just that alone are really important, especially if you're not trying to get a V8-powered BMW. Uh, speaking of that... Um, I think the design on the interior is another one of the most forward-facing parts of the X5 G05. Um, BMW has replaced a lot of the visual interior clutter with menus. Um, that is a controversial change, but I think it's actually really important for the forward-facingness of these cars. And I think that the more you can add uh, technology-based updates to these cars that don't focus so much on things that just sort of fall out of favor, like just buttons for everything, the better. BMW removed the CD player since nobody needs it, and that's true. They removed the uh, excessive climate control clutter in favor of a much more clean and slim design. These are all things I really love, and I love that BMW is actually trying things and knowing 
that a lot of people won't like them, even though they know it's the right thing to do. And that's how I feel. Um, now that said, the interior of the X5 also houses BMW's iDrive 7, BMW's most recent version of the iDrive infotainment system, along with uh, Live Cockpit Professional on the inside. So dual 12.3 inch displays. For me, that's another highlight of these cars. The technology on the inside matches the visual design on the outside. It, there's no outdated iDrive, there's no outdated net. It's, this car has everything, and it's one of the few cars in this segment, in my opinion, that comes with just about everything it ne you need from a base car. And uh, that's really important to me, because I think that a lot, of, a lot of cars in this segment require a lot of optioning, where the X5 doesn't necessarily. Um, so that's worth mentioning. Now, I don't want to just talk too much, uh, because I think the most important thing for you as a person trying to decide on these cars, get in the wheel, right? Get behind the wheel and sit in one of these at your local BMW dealerships. Ask a genius to go over these things with you and ask them to really answer the questions that you have, right? Because uh, you probably don't have an hour and a half, three hours for me to just talk and talk and talk about these cars and about all the changes because there are so many little things I could talk about. But ask, go, go in, in person and drive one of these cars and I think you'll understand why I'm so high on the new one. Um, that said, I want to talk about what I think uh, the best options and the way to sort of configure these cars is for a variety of situations. Uh, we're going to focus on each of the three models that are available, except for the X5M, because I don't think it's pertinent to this conversation. Um, that's, a, that's a separate thing. Now, for the, the core audience, there are three versions of the car available. The X-Drive, or sorry, the 40i models, the 45e models, and the M50i model. Now, the 40i models are the sort of consumer-focused ones, so we'll start there. As far as the, S, the, the two cars, there are two versions available, S-Drive and X-Drive. I would suggest if you are a person who likes the way that a rear-wheel drive car drives, I guess, um, the S-Drive is fine for you. Personally, I think it abandons the whole point of this car, and I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, but I think that the the S-Drive car is fine um, if you really don't need all-wheel drive. That said, for $2,000, I think it really is worth every, every bit that you pay for it. Um, and in other markets, it may be different, but it should represent about the same. Now, the X5 X-Drive 40i is the one to get the one I would suggest getting for almost everybody, um, and it is an absolute workhorse of a car. In your market, it may be an X-Drive 40D uh, that you prefer to get, um, but regardless, I think that that speaks for itself, and I'm sure you'll make the decision based on your market. That said, uh, I think that the most important option you can get on these cars uh, is, first of all, the right color. Um, there are many options, including uh, special Manhattan green. Um, unfortunately, Sunstone was removed, but that's that's its own separate thing. I would urge you to keep the X-Line design um, on these cars and save M-Sport for another time, but uh, it's certainly up to you. 
Um, that's, that's definitely a choice you can make. Now, whatever you do, do not skimp on the wheel options you get. Please, 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 please add the convenience package and 20-inch V-spoke wheels. These are absolutely critical, and I, I can't think of a situation where you don't want the 20-inch wheels. They ride better, they handle better, they feel better, they're just better. Um, there are 21 and 22-inch wheels that are available, but I don't necessarily suggest them. I think the all-season run-flat tires are fine uh, for most people, and it's what I would recommend you get. Now, interior-wise, there is uh, many options. At this point, at this point, I think it's fine to stick with either Sensatec, which is BMW's imitation leather, um, or Vernasca leather, which is available in uh, a couple different colors, ivory white, Canberra beige, coffee, cognac, and black. Um, obviously, this is just up to your decision. Black is the most popular, um, but also uh, ivory looks really good, even though it's a little difficult to keep clean. There is also upgraded merino leather, which is much nicer. Uh, there's less grain to it. It's smoother. It's more comfortable. Uh, it's my favorite type of leather, although I personally wouldn't suggest it. Um, I think I think merino leather makes a lot of sense on higher-end cars. Um, so if you're optioning an M50, I think that makes sense, but I wouldn't necessarily suggest it. And the interior trim is up to you. I don't think that really matters. Um, it, it is what you make of it. Now... Um, if you did select the 20 inch wheels, that means depending on your market, you've already selected the convenience package. There are three ways to get this car, convenience tier, premium tier, and executive tier. Premium tier, or well, so sorry, convenience tier gets you remote engine start, four zone climate control, wireless charging, and Wi-Fi hotspot with enhanced USB and Bluetooth. Now, I... I definitely, no matter what you do, um, would would suggest the convenience tier. The convenience tier is a must-have, um, specifically with remote engine start. Uh, that is that is a must-have in my opinion. Um, and almost, I would say, ninety-five to maybe ninety-nine percent of X5s ordered have the convenience tier. Um, it is extremely rare to see an X5 without that. Now, the premium tier adds all the options found in convenience tier plus BMW gesture control 2.0 heads up display and uh, Harman Kardon premium sound. Um, personally, personally, I don't suggest premium tier. I, I don't think it's worth getting on its own. Um, but for the price that it's offered at in most markets, it is, I think a good choice if you're looking for all of the things offered in it. Um, it, it's not my choice. I prefer executive tier cars. Executive tier cars get all of the features below, in, except they add icon adaptive LED laser lights, um, which is really, really, really uh, the brightest light that you can find in pretty much any consumable consumer car. Um, and these lights are actually brighter in other countries. Um, the United States has the lowest version of the laser lights. The laser lights in other countries are even brighter. Panoramic Sky Lounge LED roof, um, which basically adds a uh, dual dual panel LED lit uh, moonroof, which looks beautiful and basically imitates a starry night. 
uh, even on a night with no visible stars. It's amazing. I recommend it heavily. Glass controls uh, are available in the executive package as well, which replace ceramic controls. Um, and it also adds rear manual window shades. I think for the price offered, I think it's a no-brainer, um, especially if you're not getting an M Sport car. I think the I think it's best to load these cars up with interior options um, because they're the ones that I believe you're going to be using the most. You're not going to be using things like performance tires or the bigger engine or anything like that most of the time. And I think you get more value from getting a loaded up car uh, with the executive package. That's just me though. Now, I would say for your average person, especially if you're focused on uh, if you're focused on price, I think the premium package is the best value. I think the executive tier doesn't represent an insane amount of value, um, but it represents, I think, probably the best uh, the best option for those looking for a no, no expenses barred uh, approach to the X5. I think premium and convenience are what most people are going to get. Um, so, yes. Uh, the driving assistance professional package is a must-have. Um, I think there's no reason not to get it. It gets you adaptive cruise control with stop and go, lane keeping assistance, side collision, automatic lane change. It's so much stuff. Um, if you get any option, if you ignore everything I set up until this point, please do yourself a favor. Whatever BMW you're building, especially an X5, please get the driving assistance professional package. It could save your life. Um, it, it is really important. So please get it. Um, the luxury seating package, you can take or leave. I personally wouldn't take it, but I think for older clients, multi-contour seats with front ventilated seats absolutely are worth the money. Uh, but if you aren't in need of that, um, I, I really think that it's not super important. Uh, I wouldn't, wouldn't get it on my car, but it's certainly up to you. The parking assistance package is another must-have. It flexes some of the new... Uh, chassis improvements that this car has, including automatic parking and backup assistant. Uh, backup assistant will basically back your car up the, uh, in revert. It'll take whatever the last 165 feet the car did in drive and do it in reverse. Uh, this will pull you out of your driveway, out of a parking space. It is phenomenal. I highly recommend it. And automatic parking is hands-free parking assistant. It is absolutely worth time and money that you spend on it. Um, this is definitely a must-have for me. Uh, my car has it, and I wouldn't do it any other way. Now, I would ignore the Space Saver Spare unless you have performance tires. Two-axle air suspension adds uh, adjustable air suspension with a range of about 3.1 inches, um, and it is it is definitely worth it for those for those of you who are really interested in the most comfortable ride possible while also having adjustability. Um, for the suspension so that you can lower it down for easy entrance and exit of the car for older people and pets while also being able to lower the load floor in the car so that the trunk comes down to you when you have heavy things to lift into it i think that's really helpful um i personally would not get it uh, as there is another package that i would get um as opposed to that but we'll we'll get there in a second um the extended shadow line trim uh, removes the X-Line package in favor of the M-Sport package and blacks out all of the chrome trim. I would recommend this if you have already selected the M-Sport visual appearance, but I don't think it really 
is that pertinent? Now, uh, BMW has added M Sport brakes to the car, um, which are available on the M Sport line in blue, but you can also get them uh, with at no extra charge versus the blue brakes in red, if you prefer. Um, I think that looks really good in either of those two colors, but whatever you prefer uh, is obviously available to you. Um, I would definitely get the third row seat with air suspension um, if you have children and need that. The third row seat used to be offered with only one axle air suspension, but now it's offered with two axle air suspension. Um, it is it is absolutely uh, great. The third row seat flip, folds down flush to the floor. It is it is worth it if you if you have that need. Um, not for me, but it is is totally an option that you can get. Um, aluminum running boards are good. Uh, I wouldn't stress about them though. If you don't know if you want them, they can actually be installed after the fact. It is a fairly hefty charge for that. Uh, but they, they're the one option that can realistically be installed after the fact should you want to do that. So that's certainly up to you. Um, as it goes, I think for the most part, that's how I would build an X5. Um, all of that applies to the xDrive uh, M50i and also the xDrive 45e, except on the M50i, I would absolutely uh, trade out that air suspension um, for the dynamic handling package. Uh, I think it's just the better choice. It handles better. It, it's just generally a better option in my opinion. Um, but that's how I'd build an X5. Now, the last things I wanted to talk about as far as comparing these two cars is uh, I want to just be honest about, obviously I am quite biased towards the GL5 car, but I think that that comes, that comes, that should come with a heavy bit of uh, explaining on my end. I like technology-focused cars. I like cars that push boundaries. I like cars that do things um, that makes, you know, your favorite Instagram influencers and boomers uh, say things like, uh, oh, all new BMWs are ugly or BMWs haven't looked good or been this or that for so long. I think that's all, I think that's all just like some weird kind of projection about how you aren't up with the kids or something. I think, I think that's, that's fair. Um, I really like the new design on these cars. Um, but if you don't like things uh, like an overemphasis on technology, if you don't like things um, like an overemphasis on uh, specifically like removing buttons in favor of menus, if you don't like things like the removal of just standard engine options in favor of specified performance variants, you probably won't like the new GL5. But if you are interested in those things, I think the GL5 might be the next car to look at. Um, I think that the GL5's biggest thing that I personally uh, have to say about it is that this car, um, it, it really is everything that the F15 isn't. The F15 is a sturdy car. It's a very capable car. Um, but I think the the GL5 really focuses on being better at a lot of things. Um, it, it focuses on having a more comfortable ride. No matter what options you get, the F15 is less comfortable than a GL5 regardless of options. Um, and I think that's really worth mentioning that the new GL5 is, is so much more competent at so many more things uh, including just like baseline build quality, like the things you just that should be like a given. They're so much better, and I think that's all intentional. 
I think BMW very clearly knew that. I think BMW knew that they didn't quite hit the mark on the F15. And I think that's fair. I think it's fair to realize when you've made a mistake. Now, I really don't want it to sound like I don't like your car if you have an F15. They're good cars. But I think it wasn't up to the standard that BMW had for themselves. And I I kind of, I kind of understand that. Um, and I, I think that if you're in the market for a new X5, I think you'll love the new Geo 5. So I recommend giving it a try. Go to your local BMW dealership. Uh, go, go ahead and drive it. Now, let me know what you thought of this episode. Uh, I'm just, just sort of really doing a test run on this kind of thing. Um, I think what I'm probably going to want is some kind of guest or some kind of second person to keep this more um, like question and answer based. Uh, I think that's what I'm probably going to end up doing. I'm not sure who that's going to be, um, but we'll try it. We'll see how that works. Um, if you hated it, let me know. Uh, my name is uh, Mark, so you can follow me at M-A-R-K underscore R-O-T-N-E-R underscore 118 on Instagram. That name may change depending on various things uh, going on. Maybe I'll just consolidate it. But yeah, M-A-R-K underscore R-O-T-N-E-R underscore 118 on Instagram. That is the official account of the BMW pod. Um, all right. So with that, my name is Mark. I hope you have a nice day. Goodbye.